Welcome back to another episode here in the choir room. We just came off of a very fun episode talking about Britney Spears and Britney S. Pierce. But now we're here today to talk about another episode, season two, episode three. It is a pretty infamous episode, Grilled Cheeses, but it's a lot sadder than what we have been talking about lately. But of course, we are here to break it all down. It's myself and Amon. Hi. Yeah, this um, this episode is a it's a bit of a tough one some tough subject matter um i think this is like the first sad cry that i've had during the rewatch most of the other cries have been you know sappy you know over emotional type deal stuff but it's like oh look at the kids they made it to regionals look at them oh they're so cute right now this is like and a, even if it is oh, sad is it's like sad. oh they they're sad because they lost but you know that's not real sad that's just like a, that's not real sad yeah. <laughs> yeah this is like the part this is like the glee sad that like hits you deep in the feels and just makes you like like think about literally everything in the world and just kind of take you down a notch a little bit but you know there's there's a lot to talk about with uh you know people trying to kind of bring us back up along the way mm-hmm. this episode is like solo city every single song except for the uh the final song is all a, all a deep solo i know right we got uh we, we're getting a lot more solos this uh this season which i'm not going to complain about just like kind of ironic because the next episode is entitled duets, is duets. Yeah. yeah exactly uh so I, I guess they're just you know mixing around with the format a little bit here but it works they uh you know it's not something that you would have noticed if, if not for the fact that uh i mean if you're paying attention and watching grilled cheeses for the 10th time like we are so um and before we get into this episode we did not talk about yesterday uh it was diana agron's birthday yesterday and we did not wish her happy birthday Happy birthday, Diana! Or happy belated birthday, Diana Agron. We love you. Yes. Happy birthday! I saw a uh, Instagram post from Cordover Street who posted a picture of the two, uh, two of them, and he just wished her a happy birthday. And it's like anytime you see these these people, these actors interacting still to this day, it's adorable and very touching to see that some of them still keep in touch yeah, and care about each other. These glee actors, because you know, some of these they would they've they've been through some things. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's nice yeah. to see pleasantries exchanged between them. Yes. Um, I was talking about also a couple episodes ago about how Kristen Chenoweth was going on the podcast with uh, Kevin McHale and Jenna Ushkowitz. And that was a, a really good listen. Highly recommended to anyone if you have not heard it yet. And they were talking about a little bit about the passing of you know, both Corey and Mark, um, and about how, you know, the whole crew had reacted to it. And Kristen Chenoweth was just kind of giving them both, you know, props for the way that they handled it. Obviously these two young actors and, you know, uh, the entire, everybody that was involved, uh, you know, the, the one that happened during filming was obviously a little bit different than the one that happened after filming, but either way, it was just a, a nice conversation, uh, to hear them talk about it. It's not something that comes up too often and to hear people's perspectives from like, you know, being so involved and so close to the situation it was uh nice to hear um so check that out um and also <laughs> on a lighter note uh principal figgins made a, a bit of a cameo appearance uh on another show that i was just watching on netflix never have i ever have you checked it out yet no i have not i've been hearing a lot about it actually in the past couple of days uh, i tweeted out the other day that i am 
forcing myself to watch Ozark, even though it's so violent and so just morbid, but the story is so engaging. So I'm going to need something to cleanse my heart. And a lot of people are talking about either watching uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist or uh, Never Have mm-hmm. I Ever. So I guess I'll have to check it out. Never Have I Ever is very good. Um, I have one episode left as of this recording. So by the time we talk next, I will oh, have damn. finished it. It's it's 10 episodes real quick. Um, and Figgins comes on, I think, in episode number nine. Uh, just playing a minor character there. But I was surprised to see him. So Yeah, because it's uh, Mindy Kaling's cool. show, right? It is. And she had a, she got a decent amount of like, you know, big names to stop by, whether it was an episode or two, uh, just to be involved there. So, um, oh, yeah, it's good say? for her. Yes, Mindy. I'm down with the brown. OK, we need more She's, Indian representation on TV. It's a great show. It's it's truly uh, I've enjoyed every episode so far. And two things. That, oh, what, I don't want to lose the thought. OK, Ozark. Don't let me forget Ozark. But Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I'm definitely going to watch that. I checked out the Wikipedia page for that. And. I saw like the music selection that they have done and I was like, oh my God, how have I not been alerted to this so much sooner? I am like so excited to press play on that whenever I get a chance to. I know, right? I mean, I saw that Alex Newell's a part of it as well. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it's I, I don't know why I've been dragging my feet because my friends and I have been watching Smash together on NBC and I guess that's what that's what it's on. And so we keep getting a, lo- a bunch of... Uh, commercials for it and i don't know why i've been dragging my feet but i gotta i gotta get into this gig man it's also uh skylar astin who is from pitch perfect but also uh, an episode or two of glee later on in the series so uh definitely we'll be checking that out eventually uh and what i wanted to say about ozark was i'm pretty sure that somebody you're going to be playing sequester with in a couple days uh was on ozark or made a cameo on ozark oh was it ozark i thought it was the oa okay which one of oh, them maybe i don't know right. i don't know you, i don't know right um, but I'm, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want so, to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, I'm on stressing out. Uh, this, these, this entire set of podcasts is going to come out after that game was played. So we'll keep everybody updated. Uh, I know you'll Sunday get to, and, and you'll get to get all of my, my, my pre-gaming, uh, anxiety and paranoia documented right here for you. <laughs> yes. Uh, Amon comes here to get away from the paranoia of Sequester, and I brought him right back into it. Uh, let's get into this episode. Enough stalling. It is sad, but we do have to talk about it. We do have to get into it all here. But we're going to start off with not so much of a sad note. Uh, Finn Hudson is at his house, and he is just making himself a sandwich, putting the grilled cheese together. And as he makes himself a grilled cheese, he looks down at his creation, and what does he see on his sandwich, Amon. He sees white Jesus, honey. Well, I guess slightly yellow and blackish Jesus. <laughs> it's a burnt yes. grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> but hey, if I if I had made, made myself a grilled cheese sandwich and the face of Jesus appeared white or black, I'm not eating it. I'm not eating it. I'm not eating it. And I'm not even particularly that religious. Because that's just, that's just, I mean, how does that happen? How does it happen? How does that happen? Uh, you get a... So, like, don't they have like sandwich press makers that like can put designs into things like that? I don't know if I'm making that. I mean, they must because they made this one, but um, I don't know. Oh, they definitely have those, and they have the same thing for like coffee. It's insane. That's wild. Um, yeah. So Finn has made himself a grilled cheeses, and that is, as mentioned, the title of the episode. And Finn is talking about how he's not religious, but. He made this grilled cheeses. He saw something and he decided, I'm going to try praying to it. Why not? So he says, 
please, Grilled Cheeses, please let us win our first football game. I mean, you do kind of owe it to Artie. Um, you know, you kind of screwed him over with the legs thing. And to, you know, to, to make it like worthwhile, I'll make sure that we honor you this week in Glee Club. So we cut right from that, from Finn praying to the Grilled Cheeses over to the football team winning a game. And Finn stops in the middle of the field as the, the game ends and he screams, thank you, Grilled Cheeses. Uh, and that's how we are going to open uh, the Grilled Cheeses here before we uh, head over to the Bert and Kurt situation. So already proving to work wonders for him. Yeah. Uh, upon this scene, I was like, is this the route that we're going to take with religious commentary on Glee? Um, so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, let's, let's see where this goes. And then as the episode goes on and on and gets deeper and deeper, I'm like, okay, this is going to be much more deep than I thought. <laughs> yeah, I definitely remember this episode. Uh, or I remember, I feel like I remember the Grilled Cheese's plot line just being like very jokey. But then mm -hmm. exactly like you just said it, like as you get into it, it's like, oh, wow, there's a lot going on here. Um, so yeah, Kurt and Bert, let's go over to the, t uh, the car shop that Bert works at Bert owns uh Kurt is gonna bring him some lunch it seems like it's a healthy lunch and Bert is like come on where's like my food that I actually like to eat and Kurt's like no dad relax like you're not young anymore you can't keep eating all this crap you have to eat something healthy and Bert's like all right I'll throw some hot sauce on it we'll be fine so Bert is reminding Kurt about this you know Friday night we have family dinner with Carol and with Finn and uh you know make sure you're there and Kurt's like no actually I can't make it I have plans uh and Bert is like, oh, these dinners are kind of like a ritual in our family. You know, we've been doing them ever since your mom was around. And Kurt's like, yeah, no, I get that. But like, d dad, like I'm a teenager and Friday nights are kind of important to me these days. Like, no offense. Yeah, you're a teenager and in Lima, Ohio. What are you doing on Friday night? I don't know. What do you think they're doing? Exactly. What is he doing? <laughs> what is he doing on Friday night? It's not like he has a bunch of friends. Everybody at school besides the Glee Club hates him. And even inside the Glee Club, he doesn't hang out with everybody. So what is he doing on Friday night? He doesn't have a boyfriend. What are I you have doing? to assume that Mercedes is having everybody over for like a game night or something. Rachel, Rachel invites everybody over. Okay. Okay, Kurt. Sure. I don't know. So Bert is annoyed. Bert says, listen, let's face it. Like, if we don't schedule these kind of things, we don't hang out. And if we don't hang out, our lives are going to pass right by each other. We need to talk. We need to see each other. We need to spend some time. And if we need to schedule it, we need to schedule it. So Which Kurt eventually adult perspective right like as you're a teenager you don't think about scheduling hangouts but when you get a little older and time is more constrained you're like oh we got to schedule everything even right on down some couples even have to schedule sex it's like i know when you get older it's like whoo all bets are off you got to make the time or it's not happening yeah i mean you just kind of keep going about your routine going about your day this quarantine is kind of giving us a perfect example of that it's like we have nothing but time and people are saying you know if things don't happen in this quarantine time like if you don't pick up that book you're never going to pick it up so mm -hmm. you gotta you know schedule that time if you want to actually get this kind of stuff done um but yeah so that that like you said that's like the wise words of bert somebody who's you know been living li been, been around for a while uh kurt says sorry but he's not passing up his plans he you know he's been excited for this for a while for whatever he had to do i don't remember what he said um and bert is a little disappointed which he makes very clear he's like all right well uh, you know fine be that way uh so we go back to the choir room and finn is gonna stand up in front of everybody <laughs> and i think it's puck that makes a comment he's like oh my god he's coming out uh and he is finn jumps in front of the joke and he says actually yeah there is a man that's come into my life uh, and cuts Kurt's face, who is just very like, what the hell are you about to say? Uh, and he, of course, Finn is talking about Jesus Christ. And he says, uh, Puck's like, oh, shit, that's way worse. 
So uh, Kurt starts saying that, you know, listen, if I wanted to hear songs about Jesus, if I wanted to hear anything about religion, I would go to church. He's like, I don't go to church because I don't th- because they don't think very highly of gay people um, or a million other things that apparently mean a whole lot to Kurt. And uh, Finn wants to use this opportunity, the grilled cheeses, to bounce into some religious uh, songs and discussions for the week. And Mercedes and Quinn are like super into the idea. Uh, they are both pretty religious and they don't talk about it a whole lot on the show, but uh, you know, that's still who they are. Uh, Puck's also not super into the idea, but as I mentioned, Puck, uh, I'm sorry, Finn is uh, pretty excited about this. Yeah. He's become an evangelist for some sharp cheddar with some buttered bread. It's uh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. We, we start to get all of the characters that have had religious affiliations sort of take the, a bit of a forefront of this episode with Quinn and, and Puck and Rach, even Rachel, because they've all talked about you know their Christianity and their and their Judaism, so it's a uh, it's 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 an interesting take here. He really Finn just really is all about you know Jesus now because he won that game, and it makes me wonder: Have you never prayed before, or is this just like the first time that prayer has worked for you? And very interesting. I I loved Kurt sitting out this entire performance and just like texting in the background as uh, Puck is you know going on and singing. What was the song that he sang again? Only the good die young. Only the good die young. I'm sorry, I kind of skipped ahead to that, but yeah. No, yeah, uh, yeah. This episode is obviously going to take a lot of uh, a lot of look into religion in as a whole from different people's perspectives. Obviously, we're going to see in this episode that Kurt is somebody who who is from the perspective of I don't believe in God. I don't believe in any of this stuff. You know, if it was real, then I would then bad stuff wouldn't happen. Like we'll get into you know exactly Kurt's feelings about everything. And then you have other people who like Finn are, are just discovering this world um, and curious about potentially feeling it out and seeing if it works for him, uh, even though he's never really been around it before. And then you have people like uh, Mercedes and Quinn who are around uh, the faith and kind of being in in church all the time and this means a lot to them so we're going to see a lot of different aspects of it and I am a little surprised to see Glee dive into this topic so soon Um, but I mean I don't think they missed I think they did a pretty good job of covering all different angles of this so if you yeah so like you like Amon just mentioned we are going to go into Puck he wants to uh, continue only singing songs by Jewish artists and he's going to sing only the good die young which is a Billy Joel cover Yes, uh, and he, uh, it sounds pretty good here. Uh, I forgot about the, I forget about most Puck solos, unfortunately. Um, but mm. this was a this was a nice little treat for me. I enjoyed this performance. Yeah, I I, I think again, uh, same thing you just said. I think most Puck songs he tends to be uh, pretty good. He's he's got a pretty good voice, and it's not like he gets solos or songs all the time. So the once in a while that he does, I usually like him. We are gonna head back to now that we're setting everything up for this week's Glee Club potential lesson. I guess we're gonna head back to Bert's tire shop or car shop, whatever the hell that shop is. Um, and Bert's talking to a customer, and all of a sudden he just kind of starts to feel something. He kind of blames it on his lunch, says that you know whatever he ate didn't agree with him and then within seconds he is uh he's collapsed to the ground the customer that's in there you know rushes over to kind of help him out a little bit but there's not much he can do so i guess you know that guy's gonna end up calling for help bert ends up going to the hospital but back at the school the way we're gonna see this play out is emma is going to get the call about what happened she runs over to will's office they pull kurt out of class and have to deliver this news to him that his dad uh, just had a heart attack and they bring him to the hospital. They stay with him there as they're waiting to hear back some news. 
the doctor's eventually going to come over and say, listen, he's alive, but I, I'm sorry, I don't have much better news. I don't have anything great to report on. He's he's in a coma. He is not he's not woken up uh, from the heart attack. And, you know, the Kurt and Will and Emma are desperately just trying to get into the room so that Kurt can go see him. And as Kurt arrives, you know, he's obviously been very emotional from the second Will pulled him out of class throughout waiting for the news and then now seeing his dad for the first time as his dad is laying in this hospital bed hooked up to all these different kind of things in there and uh you know he's he's emotional and he just kind of wants to have a second alone with his dad you know he asks will and emma to you know step out of the room for a second so that he can have a minute with his with his dad grabs his dad's hand and is squeezing it tightly just hoping for some kind of feeling squeeze back or something. It's just not going to happen right now since his dad is, is not doing so well. So emotional stuff right off the bat here. I felt like this was a missed opportunity um, to have Carol in this scene. I didn't understand why Emma and Will like essentially left their jobs. It was in the middle of the school day. So Will had classes to teach and Emma had students to counsel and they dropped everything and went with Kurt, which is a, very kind gesture, but it just seemed a touch unrealistic to me. I really would have preferred if, if Carol were there. Obviously, I would have preferred if Finn were there as well, but they saved that for a later plot point. But yeah, obviously, kind of shitty for Code here. I mean, nobody wants to hear that they're anybody that they love and know is had a heart attack. And that on top of the fact that he's already lost his mother. So the first thing that he even asked the doctor is if he's dead because... He's already so used to the idea of losing a parent that that's just all he can think of. And, of course, like, you know, it's it's perfect timing that this all comes after he already turns his dad down uh, for family dinner. And his dad tells him that he's very disappointed in him. And it's it's yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's just a shitstorm of bad timing. It's it's it's, uh, you know, you always fear that, like, your last conversation with somebody could be something good. And a lot of people I know people that I know very close, uh, try to like end every conversation with, you know, some kind of positive, uh, some kind of positive note, because you never know when, you know, the last time you're going to talk to somebody is. And, um, Kurt did not, you know, did not have that last conversation with his dad. And he's fearing the worst that like, you know, what if I just talked to my dad for the last time and it was me denying him a chance to spend time together? Like how crushing is that? That's so terrible, uh, that he would have to live with, let alone the fact that, you know, his dad might be gone and his mom is also gone. Uh, I take your point about Carol, but I do think, you know, they were trying to highlight Kurt here and just Kurt alone to just be, give him his moment about him and his dad. Um, and we're, we're going to get Carol a little bit later on. So I guess that's why, but yeah, I mean, Will and Emma probably have classes to teach. I guess we're just uh, being shown the super uh, paternal uh, relationship that Will has with these kids is, you know, he just got to be there for him. So um, I don't know. It's nice that he does go with them. We are going to leave the hospital here as there's not much that's happening at the moment, but we go back to Finn's house. Finn's going to open up the fridge and there's the grilled cheeses still in its, same form that he left it in. He has wrapped it up and uh, trying to preserve it a little bit. He takes the grilled cheeses out and he's praying to it again. He's talking to it about how basically just saying that Rachel's boobs are great. And, uh, or no, sorry. He says Rachel's boobs are not great, uh, but they're still girl boobs and he'd really like to touch them. So he's at this point, you know, just praying about touching boobs while his stepdad or not stepdad, but uh, while Kurt's dad just had a heart attack. So that's, that's that. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh, precious Lord. Please help me fornicate with my girlfriend. Please, 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 please. Just one little tickle of the nipple, please. Just one little tickle. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he uh, Rachel apparently not letting him 
get very close, uh, which is kind of funny because as far as we know, I think Rachel told Finn that her and Jesse slept together. I don't know that she ever told him that they didn't. Uh, so because they didn't be but she, like Rachel lied about that. So uh, as far as Finn knows, Rachel has done things before, but just won't let Finn do anything. So I don't know. Um, Maybe she so, came clean about it after Jesse became like a j- jackass. It's possible. Um, I don't know if we saw anything like that that, uh, just yet, though. So we are going to head back to the choir room after Finn is done praying about the boobs. And everyone is there. Everyone's kind of comforting Kurt. Uh, Brittany gives Kurt a book report that she did on heart attacks. And she says, here, this is for you if you want to give it to the doctor. Um, It did get knocked down an entire letter grade because it's written in crayon. And I totally clocked Santana, Naya Rivera, like trying not to laugh. Uh, Fully, like her face is like she kind of looks down and like does this smirk that goes into like a sad face and i don't know how many times they shot this scene but i i'm so confident that she couldn't help but laugh there hey she looked like uh, she worked hard on that man it had like constructive paper like in like a binding on it as well and it was like embroidered on the cover like she did a good job fuck them teachers well, for knocking down the grade because of crayon crayon is colorful okay uh so kurt is you know getting consoled by everybody in there and then finn storms into the room and finn is just livid and upset but just all these emotions at once he's just kind of mostly pissed off because he just found out about bert having a heart attack through kids in his gym class he's annoyed that nobody told him you know and he's like you know this it's not my dad but he's the closest thing that i've ever had to a dad uh and kurt's like well you know you're not his son so that's why i didn't think to tell you kurt's like you know i obviously was kind of concerned about myself and my emotions and my feelings and i didn't really think about anything else which you know kurt is grieving at the moment let him let him live uh but finn is kind of going to be a little understanding i guess about this he sits down next to kurt after kurt like moves his bag so that they can sit down together which is a cute little thing and then uh finn goes to pat kurt on the shoulder and kurt's sitting they're like no 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 no! don't don't touch me yeah some people don't like to be touched when they're grieving it only makes it worse for them are you one of those people just doesn't want to be touched by finn at all but yeah because otherwise he wants to be touched by finn in like one way not this way do you Uh, am i one of those people i don't know yeah like do you like when you're whenever you're grieving about something do you like people to show you sympathy or does it make you feel worse when they do you'd rather just like deal with it on your own and then come out of your little hole when you're ready Um, I definitely don't mind when people come and like check on you kind of thing. And you know, if the, the only thing that I don't like is it's, and it's something that we all do. And it's like something that I don't think will go away anytime soon. When someone starts to cry and you go over to them and like pat them on the back or kind of rub them on the back or whatever, you're not doing anything. Uh, you're just kind of like, like uh, you're showing support. But you can show support by just being there. Just sit next to them. Just kind so of like that answers my question. And then you don't like no, being no, no, touched. No, because no. <laughs> no, I think like if you want to like put your arm around me or something like that to, to show, that's fine. And then like lean into me, and I'll lean into you, and we can cry together. Something like that. But I don't need the pat, the the back pat or the back rub. I think oh, that's so you that's just distracting. Specifically, don't like the back back pats and rubs. Interesting. The, yeah, yeah, I find them distracting. What do you think? I uh, see. You know, I I typically will do my best to handle things on my own and then when i feel like i'm a little bit more emotionally stable then i will allow other people in to talk or you know give me a hug and stuff like that but i'm definitely like i i feel like when i first get hit in the stomach with something like if anybody gives me any kind of attention it just makes it worse because then 
you just have all these eyes on you as they're looking at you suffer through whatever you're going through. And it's just like, I don't, I don't want to be like, I don't need to be a show right now. This isn't a show, you know, like I just Mm -hmm. need to, I need to deal with this for a second and then I'll come out and, you know, we can all mourn and be sappy and sad together. Yeah, no, it also depends on like the part of the process that you're at. Like if the, if you just found out something, definitely I need the same thing that you just said. I need a minute to be by myself. But if it's like, you know, it's been an hour or so and now somebody wants to come comfort you because you're still upset about something. Sure, I'll take the uh, the arm or the, or the shoulder, but no pat, no padding. We, we're, we're fine without that. So <laughs> <laughs> um, Mercedes comes up to the front of the room. Uh, she asks Will if she can sing a song. She said she's been wanting to get a message across the curb, but she's really not too sure how to. Um, so she wants to sing this song about being in a dark place and turning to God. And t- uh, Tina and Quinn are going to come provide some backup vocals as uh mercedes is going to sing i look to you by whitney houston mm-hmm. beautiful rendition of the song and it's not the last whitney houston song that we'll be hearing from mercedes either um i, I mean i thought this is very touching because i mean as christians it can be kind of hard i think sometimes i'm not about to be like oh like the whole what was christian thing especially since christianity is like the number one religion in america so there's a bit of privilege that comes along with that but for not everybody is a believer and sometimes you don't want to, you know, impose your beliefs on someone else. But I think in this instance, all she wanted to do was just show her friend support and give him any comfort in the only way that she knows how. Because she doesn't know how to do it any other way. You know, if you are born and raised in this faith and that's how that's where you go to um, to deal with hard times in your life. I mean, of course, you're going to share that you're going to share it that way with other people. So I, I thought that it was it t- touching, but I mean, Kurt's response isn't necessarily that, uh, that receptive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Mercedes and Quinn obviously both turn to religion and to their faith whenever they need, you know, in times like this, but kind of all the time, they're both, um, you know, pretty religious people. And, uh, like you said, not everybody's like that. So we're going to hear from Kurt here who, I mean, Mercedes doesn't know at this point that Kurt is so against religion, but he's about to tell her. So he says, uh, thank you, Mercedes. Your voice is stunning, but I don't believe in God. You've all professed your beliefs, um, and I'm just stating mine. God's kind of like uh, Santa Claus. He, otherwise, he's kind of a jerk, isn't he? Uh, if he if he is real, um, for you know, he makes me gay, and then has all of his followers going around telling me that it's wrong, uh, as if someone would choose to be mocked every single day. So he says, right now, I don't want a heavenly father. I I just want my real one back. Mm-hmm. And Mercedes is going to say to him, but Kurt, like, how do you know for sure? Like, how you how, you can't prove that there is no God. And he's like, well, you can't prove that there is. He's like, I could say that there's like a magic teapot running around, but that's, you know, that's not, that's not real. Uh, And Quinn's getting annoyed as well because she's like, this is not right. We shouldn't be talking about this enough. Uh, And Kurt ends up leaving the choir room because he's like, thank you guys, but I don't want your prayers right now. That's, you know, not for me. So this is, you know, like we're going to see how Kurt feels about religion. This is this is it. He's telling us straight up that he just doesn't believe in God. I'm sure there's a lot of people, specifically gay people that feel this way. I know that like it's it's all across the board. There are plenty of gay people who do believe in God, plenty that don't. And Kurt is obviously representing the view of people that do not. Um, And it's not just, I think, for the fact that he's queer. I think it's also for, you know, his mom passed away. He's like he feels betrayed in all these different aspects of and saying that, you know, well, if all these bad things happen to me why is there supposedly somebody up there that's going to make it all better 
if nothing's been made all better. Uh, and that's what he's trying to get at here. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, getting into religion of it all. There's so much to unpack there and so many people that have different views about it. It's a whole world, which is what, like I said, why I'm surprised that they went into it so early on the show, but they did. Yeah, it was a brief conversation between the three of them, but I think that, you know, it was a nice boiled down version of realistic uh, conversations that take place. I mean, you're going to have religious people that are a bit more understanding and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll challenge an inquiry. Like, how do you not, how do you know that there is no God? Like, how can, how can you be so sure? While others will shut it down entirely, like Quinn did, like, we're not, no, this is not, you can't talk this way, you know? Um, so it's, there's, the people's uh, capacity for belief is very diverse, you know? And I think that this episode, I think at the very least, is trying to explain that side of religion as opposed to, trying to form any conclusions for the audience they want they Mm -hmm. just want you to be able to see conversations that might happen in your day-to-day life and how you know it's you're you're not alone i think that's like the big theme of this episode above religion is that you're not alone in this struggle we all have these questions and these doubts and of course kurt's going to feel this way i mean it's not you know christianity hasn't necessarily been that accepting of of gay people um and it's it, it's it's sort of like tough to tell somebody to believe in something when the thing that you're telling them to believe in is trying to kill them essentially like if we're going to be real about it like so it's not yeah it's not it, it's not an unsurprising response or it's not a, res- a surprising response from kurt but it, and it's it's very real and it's very raw so hey i'm, I'm mm-hmm. glad that they did this i, I mean I, honestly i feel like there was really no way for glee not to handle something like this because i mean they're delving into so many other things. You might as well just check this one off the list. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think you and I specifically have different journeys and, and I, we, it's not like we've ever sat down and talked about this before, but I think we've had different, pretty different journeys uh, as far as like religion goes in our early life. Um, my, my, simple you know simplified backstory is that i am jewish uh so i'm on the rachel berry and noah puckerman and jake puckerman team uh not (laughs) we get a little bit of representation in this show and when it comes on it comes on strong um but i also have uh family member or i have I, we celebrate both holidays. Like I, I never know how to, to like explain it because my dad uh had both growing up kind of thing my mom is jewish so Growing up, I was always around like the Jewish faith and all that stuff. But as I got older, none of it was ever really like I did. It didn't stick with me. It wasn't like I went to temple. I, I didn't. And, you know, I wasn't in a church. I wasn't in any of these places by choice. If I was there, it was because it was with family and my, or pretty much specifically my grandparents. And they wanted me to be there. So as I grew up, it was kind of like this weird thing of trying to figure out like, just because I don't feel this connection to the religion, either religion myself, does that mean I don't believe in God? And I never really came to that conclusion. It was just, uh, as I think Mercedes puts it like the best in this episode, it's like, you have to believe in something. And that's where I've landed. Uh, like mm-hmm. in my life that I've just like, I, you know, I never really knew what to call it. And even to this day, I, I probably still don't have a great answer for that, but you got to believe in something, whether that's, you know, a higher power, whether that's yourself, whether that's your loved ones around you, you got to believe in something. And I, lo- I love the way that they put that in here because that's pretty much uh where my journey kind of landed me yeah i mean i think that i'm a sort of similar i mean you you're young and you don't really have much say over what you're exposed to at a young age and i grew up christian i attended baptist church um and yeah you don't really question it but then you get a little bit older and then you start meeting other people and you start discovering things about yourself um and how some of those things about yourself don't necessarily line up with the values that you've been taught. So there's like a whole internal struggle that you have to go through. And then 
when you come out on the other end, if you ever really do, I don't think that you ever do. I think it's just, I think life is just a continuous journey. I don't think you ever really come out until it's over. <laughs> but I think that I would say that I'm kind of similar. I think that it's, I think that I've sort of accepted the fact that I will not know. And it's a question of, it's just a question of questions. Um, and constantly finding out new truths and getting closer and closer to the truth. The more and more that I live, the more wisdom that I acquire. And I'm okay with not knowing everything. Um, and I think that that's just a part of the human condition. And I'm not closed off to anything as, a, as long as it's not something mm -hmm. that's trying to get me to <laughs> not want to exist, you know? So Exactly. I, um, I, yeah, I think that I'm, I'm I, don't, I guess I don't know what the actual term for that would be, but I think that I'm just... doesn't have to be labeled. Yeah. I think I'm just here for the ride and whatever I find that makes me feel good. You know, I'm I'm fine with that. Exactly, and I I like I like the way I like a lot of things about how Mercedes kind of handles this as best as she can, and she you know when she says to Kurt like you you know you don't know that you don't like this stuff you you know you have to give it a chance there's there's a whole uh, we're going to get to this conversation later but she's basically saying to him like there's a whole world out there that you know you've never explored yourself so how do you know that it doesn't have anything for you um so i feel you know like that's the kind of thing where i need to just let myself go so if anybody ever came to me one day and you know was like i want you to come to church with me because i think you'll get something out of it i would never say no even if i wouldn't be the most comfortable with it because it's not what i know you know i don't know it well i don't know it at all but you know you you got to be open to things so i don't know um that's our sidebar about uh <laughs> all of this but i mean it, you know it's going to come up as there's so much happening here um so sue is going to end up in figgins's office with will as happens pretty often around here and sue is pretty much fighting against will saying that they shouldn't be doing anything about religion in school there's a separation between church and state and uh, we're going to keep it that way so will is like listen i'm just trying to help the kids out they want to do performances they want to sing songs that make them feel something and you know they, they happen to be picking some religious songs so whatever let them kurt's really hurting right now and he's like it might maybe it'll help him uh, so that's where they're at. Sue is eventually going to also have Brittany and Santana check in in her office. And, you know, the two of them have been spies for her, but they've kind of not been checking in a whole lot as far as we know, especially after Sue is like, don't got time for Santana. her no more. They don't got time. They don't got time, Sue. Leave them girls alone. Don't even know who they are yet. And Santana's literally off at the bottom of the pyramid being like shit on by the entire Cheerio squad. So, you know, right? I don't know why she has any feeling of loyalty anymore anyway. Exactly. I mean, I guess she's just trying to get back to the top, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but Santana is basically just going to tell her about how people are feeling sad for Kurt. Kurt's not feeling it. So that's where Sue is and all this. Uh, but let's talk about Rachel and Kurt. No, not Rachel and Kurt. Sorry, Rachel and Finn. <laughs> uh, Rachel is con uh, is concerned because she's like, can we talk about your newfound love for Jesus and how it's affecting me? Because everything has to be about Rachel. Yeah, uh, I, I, as annoying as she is, I really tried to give her a bit of the benefit of the doubt because we are talking about religion and this is how religion can sort of manifest in a lot of people. So she goes on this rant about how she doesn't want to, you know, give herself to anyone entirely until she's 25 and how it's important that, you know, all of the, um, all of, all of her children are going to be raised in the Jewish faith. So she wasn't that big of a fan of, uh, Finn talking about grilled Jesus and all of that. And, 
I guess in order to cement uh, Finn's loyalty to to her ambition and to her future plans, she is going to let him uh, touch her boobies. <laughs> there we touch go. Touch her skeeter bites. As Finn has gotten the uh, the go ahead on one of on his second prayer that he wanted from the grilled cheeses, and he has got the go ahead to irony of it all. Do some inappropriate touching as emma's gonna put it later on but yeah rachel's still talking about here how you know she wants her children to be raised in the jewish faith and finn's like yeah sure sure yeah they should definitely go to the jew church and wear those hats and eat that salty orange stuff with the bagels uh so i have a question Uh, for you then since you're not particularly um like hardcore religious but you do consider consider yourself jewish how would you raise your children uh, not with religion. I would tell them that, like, like it'll definitely come up that, like, you know, our family does, uh, like, we, we are Jewish, like, definitely let them know. But, like, in the way that when I was raised, I had a bar mitzvah because my grandparents wanted me to. It was like I was their first grandchild and they were like, we, you know, our, our grandson is going to have a bar mitzvah. And so I did that. But my brother didn't need to do it because I did it. So I guess I had to go through all of that for the both of us. But I I, I expect that we'll celebrate both holidays um, just the same way that I have been, been doing my whole life. But in terms of, like, you know, going to church or going to uh, synagogue, it's probably not going to happen unless uh, and who knows, you know, who I'll be with. But. See, I, I was, I think I would have answered to you similarly, maybe about a year or so ago. But I'm thinking now uh, that I'm getting a little older, I feel like what I would do if I had children was actually take them to church just so that they could understand what spirituality is. But I would be very honest with them and I would tell them the reservations that I have about it and how that doesn't necessarily have to mean that you believe that what I believe, but I just want the, I just, I feel like I just want to be the person that introduces that the, the very idea of spirituality to them so that they can have some sort of primer to make decisions for themselves on their own. You know what yeah, I mean? and it's tough because like I grew up no, I grew up on the outside. Like it's you know, like you said, Christianity is the most popular religion in America. Um, so obviously, like growing up, especially in like a school where there was not many other Jewish kids, um, it was something that came up a whole lot and not really in a very positive way, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was something that like you know, kind of made you feel like an outsider. But it is not the kind. Of, it's not the kind of thing where it, like. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if like them, like if a child growing up uh, would rather feel like that as an outsider for being the religion that not everybody else is, or if they would rather be, you know, completely outside of religion when other people, you know, are involved in religion. I, I don't know. I have some time to think about it. No, that's an interesting question. I don't know either. Hmm. Yeah, it was, it was not fun, uh, but we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Um, I didn't mean to take it there. <laughs> it's, it's totally okay. Um, yeah, so Rachel and, and Finn are going to get it on here. Not all the way, but they're going to do some touching, I guess. Uh, we are going to see Kurt back at Sue's office with Sue. And she's saying to him, look, I'm sorry for what you're going through. But listen, uh, you know that I really don't ever like what's going on in that classroom. But particularly, I don't like what's happening in there right now. And the only way that I can realistically stop it is if a student complains because they're not going to just care what I have to say. So Kurt realizes that she's kind of trying to use him in a way and she wants Kurt to complain so that she can go to the board and, you know, use that to make them stop using religious songs. Um, And she she says to him, I want to be your champion. And Kurt's kind of like skeptical because why would he do something for Sue? But at the end of the day, he's also 
fully trying to get this to stop anyway. So if he has somebody that's standing behind him that is going to help him stop these religious songs from from him having to listen to it, like he wants no part of it. So why wouldn't he go ahead with this? I just, I mean, we're going to find out Sue's angle on this in a, very shortly, but I, I just, I don't see the problem in this at all. And this is coming from me. Like, I, I feel like, I mean, it, this is a glee club. You know what I mean? It'd be one thing if this were like required curriculum, but this is a glee club that come from all different kinds of backgrounds that are singing songs from different denominations that believe different things. And they're just all doing it in the name of Kurt's dad to just help out in the way that they know how. They're not trying to force anybody into believing anything. They are just sharing what they believe with the rest of the class. And that's where it stops. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just feel like Sue is just really overcorrecting here. And I, I don't think that, I mean, I think that shutting it out is even worse than just allowing them to express themselves. Especially, I mean, there really is no separation between church and state. They probably say the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. We talk about God and the Pledge of Allegiance and nobody talks about that. But the minute somebody wants to sing a song about, you know, I look to you <laughs> in times of in times of hardship. Then it's like, oh, call the fire department. Like, okay, yeah, it's so. it's tough. It's tough for me because putting myself in that situation where I was the one outsider of like, like Kurt is in the situation where he just doesn't believe in God and all these people do. Uh, being in the spot where I mean, at least you know, Puck is is got confidence and so does Rachel in their religion that like that realistically didn't exist at least for me when I was in school. So like the fact that Puck just gets up up there and he's like, oh, I'm going to sing a song by a Jewish artist. I'm like, I can't see any Jewish kid that I knew getting up there and being super proud of it because like I said, it was kind of like just an easy way for people to find something else that was, you know, that stuck out about you and use that against you. Um, So I feel like if that was me and I was in this glee club and everybody was doing religious songs, I would be pretty uncomfortable to the point where I would either try to find a way to not be there for this week or I would talk to, I don't know if I would talk to the teacher or what, but I would just not be down with any of this at all. Um, It just would make me feel super uncomfortable. But you think you feel more comfortable if there were other Jewish kids around? I mean, because I mean, no. at least in this glee club of twelve, there's three of three of them, right? Three. Wait. No, I don't think so either. Because I think also, I mean, besides the fact that I, you know, regardless of the whole being on the outs part of it, it's like it just wasn't something that I loved talking about religion and stuff because maybe just maybe just because it made me feel so separated. So I don't care if I was because because you know I would I like I said I went to Hebrew school and I didn't want to be there either. So like any any aspect of talking about religion especially when i was younger i just didn't want any anything to do with so okay i mean th- I mean, that's that's and that's that's very fair i mean not every everybody's comfortable com- comfort levels are different when it comes to this sort of thing um i guess i just try to lean on the side of you know let people feel the way that they need to feel for i mean i guess in this context cuz i mean i think i think it i feel like it's just a little bit more palatable for me if I were to put myself in the situation because it's just because of the situation that they're all in with Bert's dad, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's not like this was just like, Oh, we're going to do Christian pop week. You know what I mean? It's more so, Oh, this is like a tough time. Let's all sing songs of comfort. And a lot of songs of comfort are, have religious leanings. So, and I, and I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, I mean, I'm not necessarily that big of a believer, but if that's what makes some people feel better, then so be it, you know? Yeah, I think today, if uh, this came up today and, you know, at the age of 25, that I would definitely be a lot more open to it than I I was back then. Just because back then, like I said, it just was something that stood out and it just, you know, 
top of mind and always uh, made me, you know, feel different. We We're having a lot of sidebars see... this episode. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we end up seeing that uh, Emma is going to run in to Sue's office after this happens with Kurt. She is super upset, not happy that Sue is trying to stop this lesson for the week. And Sue closes the door, sits Emma down, and starts to tell her all about her sister. She says, listen, when, I, when we were younger... I noticed that I loved my sister and I treated her a certain way. And then I noticed that everybody else treated her a completely different way and not, not, not a good way. Um, she said, so I prayed and then I prayed harder. And after a while I realized that it wasn't about praying. It's not that I was praying wrong. It's just that nobody was listening. She's like asking somebody to believe in a fantasy. That's not a moral thing to do. It's cruel. And she, Emma's like, okay, well, like, I get that you have these points, but like, keep the kind of saying to like, keep them to yourself. And she was like, listen, like, like they, they, t- they teach you that, like, if you don't accept what they're, what they're telling to you, then you're just going to go to hell. So what's that any better than like what you're saying right now? And they end up th- with this conversation of just not agreeing. Um, Emma's like, or whatever, keep this to yourself. And Sue says, fine, well, you keep this to yourself, but that kid's about to possibly lose his dad. And you should probably be preparing for that instead of in my office yelling at me about this. Yeah, uh, once again, another, you know, quick conversation, but uh, some, that's very real. I mean, it, it's and then you are sort of left with this stalemate of what do you do now? Um, you, like, I, obviously, everybody is allowed to believe what they want to believe. But where do you draw the line in how we are, how are we allowed to talk about it? Because if you're telling me that I have to keep my reservations about religion to myself, then why shouldn't you have to keep your religion to yourself? Um, and the problem with a lot of that is, is that. Uh, some religions, in some of their texts, they want followers to be evangelists. They want people to be able to talk freely and to be able to uh, get other people on board with certain religions. So it sort of like directly contradicts what th- this is what makes it so this is like the crux of the issue when it comes to religion and how we're able to, you know, how, where it governs or where it does not. What is what does <laughs> separation of church and state really, really mean when so many things that are in this country are built upon the basis of religion? It's just like it's baked into the country's DNA at this point, which makes it so hard. You can't you can't divorce it now. And we're all trying to be as respectful as possible to one another because we all believe different things. But when those things absolutely unequivocally contradict in certain ways, it's like, OK, well, then now what? What do you do now? And mm-hmm. that's sort of like that's sort of where they're left off. Yeah. Um, so as as mentioned, I think uh, earlier, Kurt is going to side with Sue here and the Glee kids are pretty pissed off at him for the most part because they're like, how could you pretty much tell on us um, and make that statement that you did? And now we're not allowed to sing religious songs anymore. And Kurt's happy that he did it. Uh, we check in with Finn, who is praying to grill Jesus one more time. And he says, thank you for letting me touch Rachel's boobs. But now I also want to just, you know, make sure that I get my quarterback position back from Sam. Sam's a nice guy, but I want my spot back. So he's praying for that. And then we also see Puck come in here. You know, they're in the locker room and he's talking about how he's exploring some more about his religion as well, saying that he went to temple with his grandma to pray for Kurt's dad. So, um, you know, just continuing the discussion about how people are taking this in different ways here some go to grill Jesus, some go to temple um, but Rachel and Finn are going to be outside one night here as they Rachel says listen I I wanted to meet up with you outside because I want nothing to come between us and God and Rachel goes into a performance of Papa can you hear me yeah I really uh, I really liked this I mean 
I love that it obviously it was very um supportive of Kurt and, and Bert, but it was still classic Rachel because it was I mean she had Finn come out to the park with him or with her late at night and has a candle and like has her uh hair styled and the wardrobe <laughs> and everything. It was just like Rachel really, but it's like of course. Of course, Rachel really. Like what what like of why course. are you gagging? She brings it to you every ball. Like this is this is what she does. So Yeah. Um, I, I thought that it was nice and I, I couldn't help. I know I, I, it's so funny now that I'm a bit of an, like that I'm, I was about to say a bit of an adult now that I am an adult um, <laughs> and I am able to like see humor in things that I probably wouldn't have seen humor in at 15 or 16 because we go from her singing this beautiful song in the park, screaming, screaming up to the stars to her then being in the hospital right next to Bert's dad screaming into his comatose ear <laughs> and i'm like rachel there are she's other... screaming in his ear patting his bald head there are other patients in this hospital yeah like this could be somebody else in the room honestly like i don't know what's on the other side of the curtain uh yeah right we, we cut over to the hospital we see quinn finn carol um, and eventually Mercedes are all, all by Bert's bedside and Ra- Rachel's there, of course, too. She's singing to Bert um, and they're just, you know, Bert's still in this coma. He's he's not awake. It's just so um, funny and- because at 15, I was so into it. I was still into it this time around, but I was so just emotionally taken from this entire scene. And when they cut over to the hospital, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so sweet. I was like in tears. I was like, just I just bought into it. And now I'm like, what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like touching that they're trying to do, you know, something to make them feel better. And also like, you know, they, they feel, uh, you know, Mercedes and Quinn are, are doing this for Bert. They want to pray for him around him um, and just kind of bring that energy to make him feel better. But then, yeah, just watching Rachel like scream <laughs> this song in the middle of a hospital. A little funny. Uh, Kurt funny. is outside of the room. He's just kind of looking in and he sees them all in there. Eventually when the, when the song ends, he's going to walk in and he's looking at everybody. He's like, listen, nobody asked you guys to do this. And Carol checks him a little bit and she's like, yeah, uh, nobody asked anybody to do anything, but sometimes friends help you out even when you don't ask. Um, and then a woman walks in with Kurt. Uh, Finn drops a little bit of a racist line here. And uh, he, there's a Sikh woman that walks in and she uh, is about to do some acupuncture to Bert. He's like, yeah, if you want, if you wanted us to pray in Muslim, you could have just asked. And, you know, so obviously we have to get in a little bit of a racist line here. We can't just go a whole episode without that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kurt is like, no, she's just here to do acupuncture to see if it helps in the process of, you know, getting him to, to wake up. And everybody leaves. And that's going to be the plan there. So uh, anything else from this before we uh, head over to the football game? I mean, yeah, just more of Kurt just in, just not knowing how to take any of this. I think I, I think. I, I didn't like the loony, the, uh, he, what do you, he called them all mental patients in the in the choir room when he talked about like siding with Sue on this. So I, I don't I don't like the way that he's handling this. But I once again, I mean, it's not surprising. I mean, it, it's he's not had a very easy life and he's gotten through it because of his dad in his mind, not because of some magic man in the sky. So. I think that anything, I think that he's just attached to the earth right now. And acupuncture is a very earthly thing, even though it does have spiritual ties to it as well. It's, just, But that's something that I feel like he just holds more power in, is things that he can see and he can touch. And so mm-hmm. it's not surprising that he would rather have that be a source of remedy uh, versus Rachel <laughs> screaming at the top of her lungs. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, which is surprising, though, so, because all the other girls screaming at the top of his lungs will bring him to tears, so I don't understand why he wouldn't. But anyway, this is a different situation. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not trying to get into uh, Kurt's mind a little bit right now. He's uh, He's got a lot processing in there and it seems like he's he's been handling this as well as possible to this point he he kind of wants to i mean he did wait until she finished at least and then walked he in did. and was like okay what are y'all doing <laughs> he did <laughs> he was trying to just get in there with he his was probably thinking like oh my together. god like what are they doing but rachel sounds so good <laughs> <laughs> yeah that rachel rachel berry that voice is just too hypnotizing nobody can uh, resist exactly. it Let's go over to the football game where we are huddled around as it seems like we're about to get to like the final play of the game and Finn changes the play to something else because there's a guy on the other team that's been cheating the whole game and Finn's like, guys, guys, I have an idea. Let's do this, whatever it is. Um, it ends up not working as Sam Evans, who is, you know, been kind of missing for a little bit. Sam is here to play the game with them and Sam gets his shoulder dislocated by this big guy who has been cheating the whole game and Beast is, Coach Beast is pissed off. She's like, uh, you guys should have not changed my play. You, you guys are all stupid. But congrats, Finn. I guess you're quarterback again now that Sam is going off to the hospital to get his shoulder put back together. Um, and that's exactly what Finn wanted. Finn wanted to be the quarterback again. He prayed to Grilled Jesus and he kind of got his wish. Yeah, I don't know if it was the acting or if it was the writing uh, that really... Because it, it seemed to me like he did it on purpose. You know what I mean? When he went and made the different call, it was like, are you trying to get him hurt? Like, but then... I don't think so. But then... I think Finn's just an idiot. Okay. But then if he's an idiot, then why is he a quarterback in the first place? Like, this is supposed to be the the thing that he's good at. Like, I just... I don't know. It was just a little bit confusing for me. Because obviously he didn't mean to do it on purpose, but that's why I'm like, I don't know if it was the acting or if it was the writing here, but it was like, it was just a bit morally inconspicuous for me right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Finn's super excited that he just got his third wish granted by by the genie, by the magic genie of the grilled cheeses. Uh, and we go back to the Glee Club, and Will congratulates Finn. He's like, "We need some some positive news in here." So everybody, let's you know, round of applause for Finn. He got his position back, and he led he, he led the Titans to a big win. And after we're all clapping for Finn, it's so American, like, "Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss, but yeah, football." <laughs> Okay. Yeah, again, I would not have been in the Glee Club this week. I would have uh, been very far away from anything happening here. Uh, Kurt gets up and he wants to thank everybody for their support. Uh, but he's like, listen, my dad's condition is still the same. So he talks about how at his mom's funeral, he gave an emotional speech and he looked up at his dad at one point and... Uh, did, well, did, did he... No, his dad gave an emotional speech, I think. Um, Kurt was like, five years old. Uh, so he looked up at his dad at one point and he wanted his dad to just say something to him to tell him that, listen, like, you know, the world's going to keep spinning. It's not over. It's, it's still, it's still you and me. And what Bert did at the time was just take Kurt's hand and squeeze it super tight. And that gave Kurt exactly what he was looking for. Just that feeling of hope of, of not feeling like just because his mom had just passed that everything was going to come crashing down around him. Mm -hmm. So he's going to go into singing I Want to Hold Your Hand, a uh, cover from the Beatles, of course, and we get some flashbacks here to Bert and Kurt as Kurt was a kid. We see a little bit of a tea party happening with some baked treats that Bert is playing with, with Kurt, and uh, we also see them visit uh, visit Kurt's mom's grave, and just a very touching number from Kurt Hummel. Yeah, I mean, we get a lot. I mean, we already knew a bunch of the backstory from what Kurt has said, but to get the visual really, you know sort of cements it more in in our minds for his character and it makes it a little bit more real, you know what I mean? Because it's one thing to constantly hear about a, a past loved one, but to actually 
well, I guess we still don't technically see her, but we see them mourning her grave, and we see how young younger Kurt is dealing with it. And uh, yeah, I mean, you just can't help but feel for the guy here. I mean, it just sucks, and you already lost your mom, like I said, and to to be close to losing your dad again, and you're already in a situation where there aren't a lot of people that support you. It's just like, ugh. Like I've, I don't know. It just kind of reminds me of just like how privileged I am because I, I haven't necessarily had a lot of fun, you know, growing up through certain times, um, being that I am gay, but I'm still in a much better position than a lot of people are. So it's just mm-hmm. like, oof, it just really, it, it just, it just touches you. Yeah. Anytime that I, I remember watching so many things as, as a kid and, you know, something like this, especially where you see somebody talking about not having both parents and anytime that the scene like that happens, you just kind of sit back for a second and you just have to be thankful because uh, if, if you are somebody that does have both parents or you have something that the character on TV is obviously upset that they don't have and they're going through a lot about it. So um, this is that same kind of moment for me with that, that it's just, it kind of makes you sit back and think for a minute. And Kurt gives just such a beautiful performance here of, of I want to hold your hand and you really just believe every second of it from start to finish. Yeah. All the um, kids are crying I don't know. too. Everybody's crying. Everybody's a mess. It's, you know, Kurt is, he's been kind of holding it in and not really telling everyone how he feels. I mean, it's obvious how he feels, but he wasn't turning to religion. He didn't want to talk. He didn't want this, that. He was kind of distancing himself, but here he is expressing himself in a way that means the most to him about holding his dad's hand. And he just lets it all out. And it's, it's really nice. I mean, between like he, he did Rose's turn last season, uh, between that one and this one, Kurt has been killing it so far with the, uh, the solos i think i think this one's better but both have just been great yeah i mean yeah yeah i couldn't agree more do you do you agree about this one being better do you like rose's turn more hard to say because this mm, one's so emotional yeah but. it is kind of hard to say because it, there's such they're both very impactful moments to be honest they're both mm-hmm. about his dad too yeah um you can i think don't about know it. that's a hard one <laughs> Don't me don't put um, me on the spot just yet. All right, sorry. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're gonna go out to the hallway. Mercedes and Kurt catch up, and we talked about this earlier. How Mercedes is basically saying to him, "Look, I, I really don't know how to be around you anymore because I deal with things like this in one way, and you are closing yourself off to this entire world of experiences that may surprise you, and you don't want anything to do with it." She's like, "But if if I could get you to do one thing, like, would you just?" come to church with me on Sunday. We do this thing where we dedicate a service to a particular person. And I would love to dedicate it to your dad this week. And uh, if you could come, that'd be great. And she bribes, not bribes him. She uh, persuades him by telling him that he'll get to wear a fabulous hat and that hooks him in. So Kurt (laughs) is going to give this a chance. Yeah, of course. That's the thing that, uh, that, 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 that hooks them. And so, yeah, they're going to go to church. And let me tell you, man, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, 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 Oh, my goodness. This was, yeah, this was a lot. This was a lot for me. This is, like, probably why I cried the most in the episode. Just because, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now. Continue, Matt. No, go ahead. I mean, we, we. Do end up seeing them go to church. Kurt is in his fabulous hat that he was promised. Mercedes is with him and she takes him to find a seat. He sits down and she's like, oh, I have to go join my choir. 
she goes to the front of the room and the front of the church and she says to everybody, listen, I, I would appreciate if we could all give our prayers to my friend Kurt Hummel. Uh, he and his dad are going through some tough times right now. His dad is in the hospital and she looks to Kurt and Kurt is in this church. He's already in this world. And it's like, all right, you're here now. You have to give this a chance. And she says to him, I know you don't believe in God, but you have to believe in something. And she goes into this performance of Bridge Over Troubled Water. And of course, I mean, when does Mercedes not sound so fantastic? But she's got the whole church choir behind her. And as this performance goes on, Kurt gets up and he's with everybody else that's in the church. And people are kind of looking at him and giving him like some smiles to just kind of reassure him that that they're there for him and that they're thinking about him and that it's going to be okay. And he eventually ends up getting up with them and clapping and... Uh, this, this is this this is an emotional tearjerker. It it is. Yeah, it it is. Um, it's just sort of like just from because I grew up in the church as well, um, and I feel like I don't know. I just it just this episode in particular and just this scene specifically just sort of made me like really reflect on the amount of. Are you are you the Mercedes or are you the Kurt in this? I think I'm a little bit of both. Like I I feel like. I mean, I've, I have, thankfully, I haven't experienced much loss in terms of uh, family yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have experienced a few, but nothing qu- quite that difficult yet. Um, yeah. But I felt like just watching this episode, I just, just, I just got reminded of just all the love that a lot of my family has given me and just how much support the church has been for me even through some of the the horrible things as it uh, as it pertains to sexuality but just how much of a support system that it was for me growing up and i didn't really realize it until i stopped going um and so i i guess i really felt what mercedes was trying to tell him here and that even if it's not particularly god there has to be something greater that you will hold on to because it's Life is rough, man, and you can't mm-hmm. you you can't do it alone. I mean, you you can, but why? Why? Why would you want to? It's and you you. It's better to always have support, no matter where you find it and who you get it from. And I I don't know. It just really hit home for me watching it. Yeah, as an old as a as a as a young adult. They're going to say as an old man. Um, Yeah. Kurt comes in here, obviously, like a little bit skeptical still about what's about to happen. But he promised Mercedes that he would give it a chance. And regardless of what God he does or doesn't believe in, regardless of how much of this he's going to actually take for what it is worth for what Mercedes is trying to, to tell him, what the message she's trying to get across. He's just in this church surrounded by nothing but love, nothing but people that are singing this song and, and they're praying for him. And, you know, the prayers may not mean much to him, but it's like, there's nothing but love. And, and he has to feel that he does get up and he claps and he feels that from Mercedes and from just a bunch of strangers that are around him. So um, it does seem to have a little bit of an impact on him, even if he you know was trying to not let it. So, mm-hmm. and that hat was fabulous. <laughs> the hat was great. So yeah, that that's that. We are still gonna see some of the Finn grilled cheeses going on here as Finn is gonna talk to Emma, Miss Pillsbury, about how the three things that he prayed for to the grilled cheeses all happened, and that's something that he is just very confused about. And Emma's like, "Listen, Finn." 
I get that you were trying to be involved with religion and, and all this kind of stuff, but I have to tell you that you won the football game because listen, you got you have a coach that knows what he knows what she's doing rather than the guy who was biting his toenails for the entire game. Uh, God didn't let you touch Rachel's boobs. Rachel did that, <laughs> and you didn't hurt Sam. She's like it was a guy who got expelled recently because he's on steroids and he's twenty three. So obviously uh, he was in the wrong there, and not you. So Emma's like, listen, God works in mysterious ways, but uh, you know. These things aren't because you were, you know, you, because of your grilled cheese. Listen, uh, you, you you don't have to keep the grilled cheese forever. <laughs> and Finn feels disappointed, honestly, because he thought that he was onto something. He thought that he was connecting to God. He thought that he was connecting through this nice little sandwich that he made himself about like three weeks ago at this point. Um, but he's kind of coming around to the idea that maybe that is not the case as Emma is letting him know. And he's going to go into losing my religion as his world is crashing. <laughs> the grilled cheese means nothing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I this this um this was this started off as one of the more fluffy of the storylines, you know, Cor- uh, uh, Corey Monteith, <laughs> Finn's relationship with grilled cheeses and just with the relationship with spirituality in general. Um, but it does sort of take a more serious turn, even in a you know funny kind of way. I mean, he lost his faith in a sandwich, but still, I mean, it's a it's a metaphor for other people that do that do go through life. And me and Matt sort of talked about it, and you sort of grow up and you become a little disillusioned when reality sort of hits you in the face. Not to say that religion is separate from reality. I'm just saying, you know, your perspective on things is going to change as you get older and things be, certain things come to light. And so it was interesting to watch him struggle with this, um, and it is a common thing that people go through. I mean, hey, like, you get older, things change, and then all of a sudden you have to deal with your new normal, you know? And he, that this mm-hmm. is him dealing with that, which isn't going to go over too well with some of the other Glee kids. Yeah, as he ends this performance, uh, he is going to get a little bit of uh, blowback from Tina and from Mercedes. Tina's like, wait, I thought we couldn't sing about religion. Mercedes is like, yeah, especially when it's about losing faith, not even about like your actual faith. Like You just sang a whole song about how you're not... You, like you just don't have faith anymore and will is going to call him out not because of the what of what he sang in terms of like it being allowed he was like didn't you just come into this week uh feeling like super religious and like a whole different side of you and now you're singing this so they're all confused mm-hmm. but whatever uh finn finn is confused on his own so do you think that they should have touched this topic do you think they should have gone through with this you might have you might have answered this already earlier but I think so. And I think, like you said before, I think that this is um, a good way to do it because, I mean, it is it, religion is always going to be a heavy topic. And Glee is a very uh, campy show. So if they're going to have a storyline about uh, that, that's going to be compacted to one episode and you want to talk about how someone can have faith in something and then lose faith, some, faith in something, better to make it something silly like a grilled cheese sandwich with a Jesus imprint on it versus like having one of these kids actually believe in God one day and then be like, screw him the next. You know what I mean? Ooh, I just mm-hmm. ooh, got a little chill by saying that. I didn't mean it, oh, but, um, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I think that it was a nice way to, to put it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go over to the nursing home that Sue's sister, Jean is living at. So Sue asks Jean if she believes in God and Jean is saying that she does. And she's like, you know, Basically, God doesn't make mistakes. She does believe and she always has. And Sue's like, yeah, well, I I really don't. And 
it's kind of touching to Sue in a way to see that her sister does believe because she's like, all right, well, she believes in something. Who am I to sit here and kind of shit all over it? So Jean asks, you know, should I pray for you? And Sue's like, yeah, that, that would be nice. Um, so this is kind of, you know, we saw Sue talking about Jean earlier on in the episode. We're going to actually see Jean here. And this is just something that's continued to weigh on Sue's mind about, all these different things in relation to, to Jean about how people used to pick on her. And that's had so much influence on her. And there's going to be more stuff with Jean to come throughout this season. But this is just kind of setting a little bit of that up, I would say. Yeah. Um, it's always nice to see Sue and, and Jean together because she just melts her heart every single time. And we get to see her, her ickly insides and just, you know, get shown the humanity that Sue has and why she is the way that she is. Yeah. Um, so let's go back to the hospital for one last time here in this episode as we see that Bert is still in his hospital bed. Nothing has changed. Kurt is there with him. It's just the two of them. And Kurt sits down by Bert's bedside and he says uh, he's telling Kurt, he's telling Bert about how he went to church with Mercedes and, you know, he really didn't hate it. Um, and he's recalling a story to his dad about one time where they were like cooking dinner back when. Kurt was younger and it's just a story that gives him some positive memories and he's kind of just retelling it to his dad and and holding his hand and just trying to feel some sense of you know hope I guess in the situation to try to just talk to him and make his dad know that he's there Um, and he says you know I'm sorry for the other day I really you know uh, I should have let those guys pray for you. It wasn't about me. It was about you. So I, 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 I'm sorry about that. And also, you know, he's upset about what happened where they left off at the start of this episode where he was not into the whole family dinner of it all. So he's just pretty upset about all of this. And he says to his dad, I don't believe in God, but I do believe in you. I believe in us, you and me. That's what's sacred to me. And I'm so sorry that I never got to, t- got to tell you that. So he's holding Bert's hand mm-hmm. super tight. He feels a little bit of a squeeze uh, all of a sudden, which, I mean, I don't know if it was much of a squeeze, but he feels like a little bit of a movement, which, mm-hmm. hello, like any sign of anything. And he yells for the nurse because it seems like Bert might be, might be waking up. Yeah, I, it was a nice uh, thing that he said to his dad about how he should have let the kids pray because just because you don't believe in it, it doesn't mean, like, what about your dad? You know, like, what if he believes in this mm-hmm. kind of thing? And of course, he might want people there to uh pray for him and to sing for him and to sing into his ear yep. <laughs> and pet his bald scalp but <laughs> pet his bald scalp. Yeah. yeah so um i liked that he was able to have that perspective even without bert being able to physically say it and yeah we get a little bit of a squeeze and not only a little bit of a squeeze but we see his head turn so it looks like he's waking up yeah bert is bert is so much better you know to see this end the episode than uh, you know leaving this episode possibly thinking that he wasn't going to make it so glad that that got wrapped up so quickly here and this was like you know a big powerful moment between kurt and his dad and it shows just the love that these two have between each other especially you know coming from kurt's end because bert has been saying all along how much i love you and you know nothing about you being different is going to change that um and kurt's always been like okay cool like thank you i appreciate it but like has never fully shown that back from what we've seen not that he doesn't show his dad love it's just he's been jealous lately with the whole finn thing so you know you hate to see it have to be for a moment like this but it is just very touching all around uh, the way that Kurt reacts to everything here. And we're going to go over to back to school where the new directions are on the auditorium stage singing one of us. We're going to be led off by Miss Tina Cohen Chang and they're all in these white outfits singing and 
that's how we end our episode here. We have a couple, not exactly in the episode. We uh, do get one more bit of grilled cheeses. Yes. So Finn has decided that in order to really believe in grilled cheeses, he must consume grilled cheeses because the bread is the flesh of grilled Jesus Christ. In this essay, I will. No, I'm good. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Finn eats grilled cheeses. It is after like three weeks of being in the refrigerator. <laughs> he, this thing should not be consumed by anybody. That should have gone right into the garbage, <sighs> but... Finn's going to eat it. And uh, what do you think of the one of us? Uh, very touching. Uh, I, I love the little tableaus that they had all going on with the poses that they had. And it was uh, it was very touching. It was very cool. I liked it. Sue comes into the auditorium as she hears them singing. Obviously, this is a, a religious adjacent song. And Sue is, you know, you, you would think that she would have been upset about this because the new directions were supposed to be away from this kind of music. But she comes in and she seems pretty touched just to hear them as well, uh, especially after that encounter with Jean. So that is our episode here. Grilled Jesus is in the books. Yes, 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 yes. All right. So let's go over some of these songs. Like I said, we got a lot of solos. A bunch of solos. Um. All right. So we got... Only the Good Die Young, sang by Puck. I Look to You, sang by Mercedes. Papa, Can You Hear Me, sang by Rachel. I Want to Hold Your Hand, sang by Kurt. Losing My Religion, sang by Finn. Bridge Over Troubled Water, sang once again by Mercedes. And One of Us, sang by The New Directions. And you go up first today. I'm just going to come right out and just be like, I loved Bridge Over Troubled Water. It's a song that I'm not necessarily familiar with. Like I, I, I've heard it a few times outside of glee um but i i don't know it very well but just hearing it today and in the context of what was going on with the episode and just how it really made me self-reflect about my own relationship with spirituality and with my family and stuff like that i just yeah it's got to be my favorite what would your uh silver medal go to hmm i guess my silver medal would go to uh papa can you hear me yeah mm-hmm. I don't know that song. I don't know if I should, but I don't know it. I didn't know it before Glee, and it's not really stuck with me Isn't since it, it's Glee. In, it's in sadly. Fiddler, right? Am I butchering this? Uh, it's from the cast of Yentl. Yeah. Oh, Yentl. I'm on, you idiot. They li- <laughs> she literally fucking said that. Um, my favorite song from this episode is going to be Kurt Hummel I Want to Hold Your Hand Uh, it's not particularly close for me I think a lot of the other covers in this episode are pretty good Uh, I Look to You Mercedes Quinn and Tina in there mostly Mercedes obviously uh, is a pretty close second I guess close enough Um, but Kurt and I Want to Hold Your Hand with the emotion in there and Kurt like, a, you know, Kurt's not going to get a whole lot of favorite song selections, but in, in an episode like this, it's not it's not particularly close for me. I think he just knocks this out of the park and it suits him very well. Wait, 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 wait which song? I'm sorry. I just blacked out for a second. <laughs> I want to hold. Your OK, hand. good. All right. <laughs> That's a good pick. Um, yeah. So that is my pick. I managed to pick just one song this episode. Aren't you proud of me? I am very proud of you. That's that's progress. That's growth right there. See, the Look, power of grilled into- Jesus compelled you to choose one song. We can go back into yesterday's if we want to, and I can take out one. I can take out Toxic. I, I decided last night. But I love it so much. I so mean, I don't to be honest, to. I would have rather you have chosen Toxic over the only exception just because so, you know, it's a Britney episode, but fine. Um, you know, beggars can't be choosers. 
it's I, I stuck I <laughs> in the document I wrote down uh, all three songs I wrote down Slay for You I wrote down Toxic and I wrote down The Only Exception so maybe I'll take out Toxic to just kind of not sound so dramatic but I don't know I can't make any promises on that um, so one song in this episode let's give our uh, let's give our gold stars next okay um, I, I mean I it's no surprise considering my favorite song I got I think I'm gonna give this to Mercedes I just think that she had mm-hmm. the most level-headed approach this week um, being able to sympathize with what Kurt's going through um, and also not willing to sacrifice what she believes in just for the sake of her friend's comfort um, and like pretty much like letting him know I, I like the fact that she was able even in his grieving she's able to come up to him and be like look Kurt like I love you I want to be there for you but I don't know how to be like I don't know what I, like you're not we're friends and I feel like I can't help you through this because I don't know what to do and I don't want to I don't want to feel this way with you so the fact that she was able to be that honest with him and I think that that's just very admirable so I think it's just an obvious choice for me Mercedes this time around yeah no I, I think that makes a lot of sense and I'm I'm I was debating between Mercedes and Kurt for the entire episode really it was because both of them have such different approaches to this. Obviously, they're both on complete opposite sides of the coin where Kurt is coming at this from one perspective, Mercedes is from another. And it's like the way that it's presented to you, it's like you said earlier, they're not trying to tell you what the correct answer is. They're just giving you both perspectives. And it's like neither of these two are wrong. It's just Mercedes has such a hard time seeing why Kurt is the way that he is about this. And Kurt can't understand why people won't just let him live and not be you know not not have anything to to do with praying or with religion or anything like that so it's just they both come at it from different perspectives and i don't think either one is more correct than the other um i think it's great the way that mercedes ends up coming around to help him out and show him you know that there is a way that he can grieve and and have something in his life even if it's not exactly what uh she has um so i do love that you gave mercedes that star because i am going to give it to kurt um i i I, sorry if that's too obvious um but i do appreciate the journey that kurt goes through in this episode uh the song of course like i said i want to hold your hand i think is incredible and just the way that you know i don't know if i'm giving this star to uh to chris colfer here maybe actually instead of kurt but the portrayal here of just every step of the way you feel for him so deeply and kurt is going to get my gold star i mean i think that's a solid pick i'm into it yeah i'm glad we uh, i'm glad we both covered both sides of that like i said it could not have played out any better if you ask me yeah so should we give out some slushy ratings see how we felt about this episode overall um yeah so this i think that they handled this um subject matter in the best way that they could um i felt like i mean obviously not everything is going to be as represented i mean it's a 40 minute tv show but with what they had given the characters that, that we have i think that it was I think there was a pretty strong storyline, to be honest. I mean, sure, you can make the critique, oh, yeah, the minute that Kurt says no to his family dinner, he has a heart attack. Yeah, well, how convenient. So, yeah, sure, maybe it's a little bit of uh, convenient writing, but the song choices were strong. We got so many solos. We got two Mercedes solos. Everybody was still true to their character in the midst of all of this. I, I, oh, I don't know. Do I, do I, am I going to give this zero slushies? Really? I don't know. Would it help you if I tell you that I am? Yeah, that that does help a bit. All right. Well, I'm also going to, well, not also, but I I might also if you are. I just don't want to feel like I'm giving it zero slushies because I was like, oh, it's a serious episode. You got to give it like, 
No, I don't feel that way because I feel like I like I, I think I said this in uh, one of the later episodes of last season that uh, it made me feel something. But it was there was like a cut, like an obstacle that I wasn't uh, getting over in terms of like giving it the full. I think it was maybe the finale episode that I was like, it was great. I liked it, but it didn't like it made me feel things, but it didn't have like like I could have picked out a couple flaws in it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I really can't pick out many flaws in this episode, if any at all. Uh, I don't see anything that I think was, you know, like carried on for too long here. I think they got the story across perfectly well while having a very serious storyline alongside the grilled cheeses, for God's sake, like having Finn and this grilled cheese sandwich be the reason that this is all happening in the first place. It's like the most Glee thing ever. Um, and as far as a Glee episode goes, I think, you know, it made me feel the emotions that it wanted me to feel and it's getting zero slushies for me. All right. Well then I will, I will follow suit and give this episode zero slushies. Wow. Two zero slushy episodes in a fucking row. I didn't expect that at all. I really did not like when I when I saw that we were watching Grilled Cheeses today. I did not go into Neither it. Neither did remember, I. I did not go into it remembering or thinking that it was going to be a zero slushy episode. So I am pleasantly surprised. Okay, we got to be super fucking harsh coming up. <laughs> Which is going to be Let's hard because duets. I love duets. I love the duets episode. It's like one of my face. It's like one of my top ten episodes of Glee. Ah. Man. Three, three in a row. See, from Lamont, I told baby. you this is going to be a great. I love season two. I love it. It's so great. Look, I mean, if we're giving out zero slushy ratings, I know it sounds maybe not the most exciting if we're not criticizing a whole lot, but that means we do love the show as much as we think we did. So mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's good. Uh, zero slushy is some gold stars to Kurt and Mercedes and a whole lot of love for the music in this episode. So let's get out of here, and we will see you guys over in the duets episode coming up next. Of course, please do make sure that you follow us on all of the usual social medias, or the one social media, Choir Room Pod, our individual accounts, at Amon Adwin and at Matt Ligori on Twitter. Of course, email us if you have anything. I think we might stop plugging the email sooner or later if people don't start emailing us because we still haven't gotten anything there. Um, but you know what? Maybe we'll leave it open. Maybe someday people will have something super important to say. Who knows? Uh, so that's choirroompodcast at gmail.com. The, uh, I, I don't know. Anything else? Ratings, reviews, that'd be great. We'll read anything out mm-hmm. as they come up, but nothing else has come up in a little bit. So that's all we've got. That's all I've got. Amon. That's all I've got, too. I guess we will see you all at sectionals. 